Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. You know what? I, there's lots of places I like to go to. But there is no place where you can come and just sit in the presence, the manifest presence of God like this, is there? Just, just, just amazing. Turn with me to, uh, to the book of Luke, chapter 19. The book of Luke, chapter 19. I want to preach a message it uh, could be named a few different things, but I'll call it occupy till I come, but it could be do business till I come. It could be take care of this money and till I come, it's, you'll see what I'm talking about in the passage. But ultimately what it really boils down to is the Lord saying, <clears throat> I'm leaving and I'm leaving you at it. I'm gonna put my Holy Spirit in you and I'll get to work. Do your thing until I come back. How many of you know the Lord's coming back? Anybody know that? I think pretty soon, too. Um, Look at uh, verse 11. But while they were listening to this, now let let me tell you while they were listening to this, Jesus has gone through Jericho. How many of you remember Zacchaeus? Anybody remember Zacchaeus? I'll find out if you really do. Zacchaeus was a... Anna... He climbed. Okay, y'all really lost it on that back end right there. <laughs> but you were doing pretty good up until that point for the Lord he wanted to see. So he has just come through uh, Jericho, and Zacchaeus has come to faith in the Lord. And so now he's continuing on his journey into Jerusalem. All of the people following him believes they believe that he is about ready to set up his earthly kingdom if he's the messiah we know he is but if he is the messiah then he is going to come to jerusalem and he's going to bring down the wrath of god on everybody except for uh, the jewish people there that was the mindset the, the thinking he was to be their messiah and it was all about ready to happen. The problem is that what they didn't understand that there was an issue that had to be taken care of before he can set up his earthly kingdom. And the problem is sin. Sin had to be dealt with. He can't set up his earthly kingdom until, until sin is dealt with and until he does the work that he was sent to do. So what does he do? Well, he goes in, he's going to die on a cross. Of course, we know that he gets up three days later, but they don't expect him to die on a cross, and so they just, so many of them just scatter. But he sets up a parable right here, and he shares with them, here is what this looks like. I want you to get this I want you to understand I'm leaving something behind for you to do. So now, look at verse 12. He said, a man of noble birth 
went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. Who is the man going to a distant country? Jesus. What's the distant country he's going to? Heaven. And he's coming back. So he called 10 of his servants and he gave, gave them 10 minas. This money. Put this money to work, he said. Put it to work. Don't uh, sit on it. Put it to work until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. Who are his subjects? It's the Jewish people at that moment. He was made king, however, how many of you know you can't stop Jesus from being king? No matter how much you hate him, he's still king. No matter how many things you have to come up against him, he is still king and he is coming back as king of kings and lord of lords. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants of whom that he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained. Remember that word gained with it. The first one came and said, sir, your mina, your mina, he understood whose it was, right? He didn't say my mina, he said yours. You gave it to me as yours. Your mina, um, and your mina has earned 10 more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied, because you have been trustworthy. Oh, Jesus, find us trustworthy. In a very small matter, take charge of 10 cities. The second came and said, sir, your mina has earned five more. He said, take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, sir, here's your mina. I have kept it and laid it away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you're a hard man. You take out what you did not put in. You reap what you did not sow. He must not know the Lord very well, right? His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, your, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I'm a hard man, taking out what I did not put in, reaping what I did not sow? Then why didn't you just put money on deposit so that when I came back, could have collected at least a little bit of interest, stick it in a savings account or something, for Pete's sake. Sir, they said, uh, he already, ha oh, wait a minute. Uh, then he said to those standing by, take his man away from her, his mina away from him and give it to the one who has 10. How many of us would sit back and, and think, you know what? <laughs> that is just not fair. Jesus took the one who only had one. He took his money away from him and he gave it to the one who had 10. Not fair. Why did he give it to the one who had 10? Because the one who had 10 learned how to make, remember what he said in the beginning up there, verse 13. So he called the 10 servants, gave them 10 minus and said, put this money to work. He knew how to put it to work. And he gained 10. Well, then uh, I don't even know where I was at. Verse 25, sir, they say, thank you so much. Thur, 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 they said. <laughs> he already has 10. And he replied, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. 
But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and I'm going to kill them in front of everyone. Whew. Tough stuff, right? What is this parable? I'm, I did this in the early service. I'm not going to go into it right now because it took too much of my time. But, but there is a historical setting here that Jesus, these people understood exactly what Jesus was saying because King Herod the great and his sons typified this very story all of this stuff in this story was exactly what happened to them so when he told the story they were able to get this picture in their mind they understood it but that's not where I want to go the part that I want to get to today for us for just a few minutes is this Jesus said occupy till I come Jesus said do my business until I come and he gives us a picture of three different people who actually he invested in. He gave them something and he said, turn it into something more. And I believe that if we ever get the idea that our, our purpose in living on this earth right now is to advance the kingdom of God. Our purpose living in the earth right now is not to advance our own little kingdoms. Though I love my little kingdom, and I love my queen, and I love my princesses and princes and princesses, my kingdom is not what's important. What is important in this world right now is that the kingdom of God gets advanced. Now, when I say my kingdom is not important, I'm, I'm going to love them with everything, but I'm saying there is one kingdom that takes precedence over every other kingdom. And it's not Bud's little kingdom, it's Jesus' kingdom. And so he left us here and he didn't say, I'm going to give you these 10 minus or I'm going to give you this minus so you can have a comfortable lifestyle and you all hang out. Just kind of hang out till I get back. And when I get back, then we're going to party. That's not what he said. He said, do business till I come. Occupy till I come. I'm leaving you here. I'm sending my Holy Spirit to live inside of you. Now what I want you to do is take territory away from the enemy. Our job in this world is to go into the enemy's backyard and take away the territory that he has. What is the territory? You, 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 you. If, you're, if, if, if you don't know Jesus, you are still a slave to the enemy. And what I want to do is crash through into, your back, or into his backyard, and I want to take you by the hand, and I want to drag you away from him. That's what we want to do, right? How many people are taken captive by the enemy? How many people are taken captive by the lies of the enemy? How many people are taken captive by the temptations of the enemy? All the things that he makes sound like it's going to be so wonderful, so good, but it's so much bigger than that. And Jesus, Jesus gives us a picture. There is one guy here. He invests. He goes out and he takes, whether it's money, whether it's his talents, whether it's his ability, whether it's the gospel, he uses what he's been given to see the kingdom advanced. Are we advancing the kingdom? Or are we just kind of sitting on what we have? See, think about this. The one, he made up, he made up a load of stuff. Oh, you're such a hard, a hard guy. You're, 
you take what's not yours and it's just like, oh, God's a, Jesus is a thief now? Don't you think about this. He gave every single one of them the same thing, but one of them took it, rolled it up in a rag, and tucked it away with the thoughts that maybe he comes back. I don't think that he even really believed in him, but there was something in him that just said, just in case, I'm going to tuck it away. So when he comes back, I'll have a story to tell. The others invested, the others took the blessings, the gifts, what they had, and they worked it toward the kingdom. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But this one did nothing. He just buried it. And I wonder sometimes what the thought process was. I don't have time. I don't have time to fool with this, this, this king and his, his kingdom. I'm worried about my own stuff, my own time, my own money, my own abilities, my own comfort. I'm too cons- I, I, I've got to deal with me. I don't have time for him. I've got to deal with me. And so he just buried it and never did anything with it. How many of us have been blessed of the Lord and we just buried what he gave us? Doing nothing with it. Doing absolutely nothing with what he gave. When the king said, do business till I come. Be at work. There's a lot to do. I'll give you my power. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you good news. In a world full of darkness and in a world full of bad news, I'm going to turn you loose with the good news that there is hope, that there is life in Jesus. I'm going to turn you loose with the gospel. The gospel that you are all sinners, that's bad news. The gospel that the whole world is going to hell, that's bad news. But I'm going to turn to you with the gospel that says Jesus came. He paid for your sin by dying on a cross. He rose again three days later, defeating death, hell, and the grave. The good news is if you're a child of God, you are experiencing his favor. These two knew that they were experiencing the favor of the king who went away. And they were excited when he came back. But the one wasn't excited when he came back. I think probably the others every day was like, man, I can't wait for him to see what we've done. I can't wait for him to see that I took the one and I have 10. I can't wait for him to see that I took the one and there's five. While the other one was saying, I hope he doesn't come yet. Because I don't have anything. I've, I've been so me focused that I haven't done anything with anything. I hope he doesn't come yet. And yet, like a thief in the night, the king showed up. See, for those of you here right now, that you've, you have invested what you have. You've invested your money in the kingdom of God. You've invested your talents in the kingdom of God. You've invested your abilities in the kingdom of God. You've invested resources in the kingdom of God. You can be excited when he comes. There's a reason to be excited when he comes. It's just for those who may 
have been caught by this message. You came in and you sat and you've just been caught by the message that, ah, I really am doing nothing with what he gave me. But better you're caught by the message than by the trumpet. Better you're caught by the message and the Holy Spirit awakens, awakens us. He wakes us up so that when he really comes, we're all ready to go. Now, let me take a moment. What does it mean to occupy till he comes? What does it mean to do business until he comes? Harvest Community Church is here because God called it into existence some 22, 23 something years ago. I think we I think in April we just went through a 23rd year, I think. God called it into existence and we're here because of that. See, most most church starts don't make it. And and I will tell you, it's not because those of us who started it were so intelligent that harvest looks like what it looks like when you look around this room and you see people of all varieties. It's not because we were great. It's because God wanted Harvest here to impact this city. That's why it's here. In spite of my preaching, we're still here. That ought to tell you something. If God can grow a church with that man preaching, he can do anything. That's right. That's what they thought about the disciples. It's like, Paul, what? God used him. Peter, no way God will ever use him. God used him. Why? They were nothing but surrendered to the Lord. That's us, guys. Are you tracking with me? Advance. Here's what Occupy do business. Advance and hold. Advance and hold, 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 advance, hold, advance, hold, advance, hold, advance, hold, advance, hold. What does that mean? That means we advance into the kingdom territory we take the gospel and we see people come to Jesus and we bring them in here and we hold and we equip and we encourage and we inspire and we prepare and we mature and we go out and we advance. And once we've advanced and people come into the kingdom, we bring them in here. Are you tracking with me? It's not enough to advance you have to hold. If you go in, if a military goes in and takes a city, 
They don't just take this city and then move on to take the next city. They occupy this city and then send troops to take on the next one. Because if they don't occupy this one, the enemy's just going to come back and get it. Are you tracking with me? So we have to advance, but then we have to hold what we have. And we've been doing that for years. Not perfectly, but of course trying. When we started out, we were in a, we had services in a room, maybe, maybe a third, half or so, a third of this size. And we did the best with what we had. And we advanced. And then we held. There was a time when we didn't have much of a children's ministry, but we were advancing. There was a time when the children's ministry walls were made out of plastic, um, corrugated plastic stuff. You always use the word stuff when you, you know, you cannot think of the word you're trying to get. But. So we would go, we'd set them up. They're only about this high, but they were high enough to keep most of the kids in. There was one or two, that, but you know. So but we had those walls and we set them up in a school, in a hallway. That was the, but we advanced to that point from, from nothing. We advanced to that point and we held. And so then we advanced to another point to where we actually had rooms in another location and we held. Then we advanced to over time where we are with an awesome space over there with awesome volunteers. We've advanced and we've held. If you don't hold, you're going to lose. If you don't advance, you're going to lose. You've got to advance and you've got to hold. Does that make sense? There was a time when we didn't have a youth, uh, a youth ministry. But we continue to, to in, a, in small ways, advance. And so Travis was a youth pastor for a while, and then we went through a period of time where we didn't hold. Are you tracking with me? And we lost. But then we got somebody else coming in there, and, and Chris came in, and she was ministering in, in the youth ministry, and we advanced, but we didn't hold. And then... There was a period of time when Joshua, when my son was coming, we didn't even have a youth ministry at all because we didn't hold. Does that make sense? See, you got to advance, but you got to hold. But God has blessed us in such a wonderful way where we chose to advance. And how many of you know to advance is not inexpensive? Does anybody know that? When you advance, it costs you more. You have to pay more to advance. Anybody tracking with me? If our military were in a battle, they're going to either hold territory, but if they're going to advance, they're going to have to get ammunition, which cost. They're going to have to get military power, which costs something. They might could hold this little city with what they got, but they're not going to advance with what they've got. So now I look up here on Sundays and I see teenagers everywhere. Beautiful thing. 
get Aaron will send pictures occasionally. He'll see you guys. You don't know he's taking them, sneaking up on you. But they'll be, they'll be in here praying over this room for Sunday morning and what's going to happen in here. And they'll be over there praying for whatever God's doing and what God's going to do over there. Teenagers. Most, most of us think that you can't do anything until you're 30. Now, you don't know anything until you're 61. That's what God's doing. Advancing, holding. They're holding. And they're advancing. We're seeing it happen in children's ministry. We're seeing it happen. I came in here. Somebody called a picture the other day. There was two, uh, two of them were my granddaughters, and there's another little girl or a couple little girls, and they got a picture. But all of them during worship in this room, and they're all standing there with their with her arms lifted up, and I'm watching a three-year-old over here worshiping God. We're advancing. I know there's a bunch of bad stuff going on out there, but we worship a great and mighty God, and he's doing some stuff. And when we get in with what he's doing, man, I'm talk you, you, you're talking about spice to life. Gives you something to live for. We've been studying in, in uh, men's group, the seven churches in the book of Revelation. The last church is the, is the church of Laodicea. The Laodicean church got, Jesus just got up in their face. And he said, I am so stinking ticked off at you guys. Now, he didn't say it exactly like that, but he said, here's the deal. You say you're rich and increased with good. You need nothing, but I'm telling you that you're poor, miserable, wretched, blind, naked. What he's saying is you see yourself one way, but I see you another. The only way we see with what he sees is when we take this like a mirror. Otherwise, the world tells us all how, how sweet and pretty we are, especially if you agree with them. But just look in the mirror of the word. Jesus said, you're lukewarm. And he said, because you're lukewarm, it, it makes me just want to spit you out now get this there was there was two neighboring cities you remember Jesus and I didn't read them not, Jesus said I would rather that you were cold or hot but because you're lukewarm it makes me want to vomit it makes me want to spit you out. What did he mean by that? Did he mean I would rather you were cold that you just didn't know me at all 
or hot on fire for me. No, here's what he's saying. Right here was Laodicea. Colossae was over here. And in the town of Colossae, in the area of Colossae, you know what they had? They had spring, cold spring water. Cold spring water that was so refreshing and thirst quenching. How many of you know that, that God wants his church to, to put the good news out there that we can find refreshing in here and we can find uh, Jesus only, the thirst quencher in him? He's not saying there's anything wrong with being cold for them. He's talking about water. He's saying it's awesome because you're refreshing. And then on the other side, or cold or hot, over here is Hierapolis. Here's, here's Laodicea, Colossae, Hierapolis. And over there they had thermal. It was, it, was, it was hot springs, thermal hot springs. How many of you, how many of you have a, have a, have a, uh, um, yes. Anybody have a hot tub? Do you get in it when you got aches and pains? Does it help? It does, doesn't it? Man, it helps those bones. And Jesus is saying, you're good for something. If you're hot, you're good for something. If you're cold, you're good for something. But you're lukewarm, absolutely good for nothing. And it doesn't make anybody thirsty. And what you're giving out just makes everybody want to spit. They had, to, they had to bring the water in from about five miles away and they built big clay water pipes. The water came in, but where it came from was so full of minerals and not good tasting, so full of minerals. By the time it got to where it was, it was not cold anymore. It was lukewarm. And, and they said, if you tasted of that water, it would literally, how many of you ever drank sulfur water out of a well, tried to? Pretty nasty, huh? Okay, all these minerals just make you wanna go I, I purposely went straight down on that one so that I didn't shoot right on y'all. It is anointed, it would have been good for you, but. I, Jesus said, I wish you were good for something. Hot or cold. The two, the two guys, one of them ten, hot. One of them five, cold. He's bringing something good. But one of them, lukewarm, hid what was valuable to the Lord. Let me ask you a question. Are you personally advancing and are we advancing as a church? Let me tell you what we chose to do this year. Pull up with me, I'm almost done. This year, we chose to advance in an area where an entire subculture lives. And it's called social media. How many of you know there's a world that lives there? And every, every part of their world is there. TikTok, uh, Instagram, 
Facebook, Snapchat. We hadn't made it there, but we're going to go there. If you can, I don't even know what it is, but anyway. <laughs> if it can be got there, we're going. So this year, here's the investment that we made. We hired somebody and we said, get us out there. How many of you have noticed an online presence this year greater than you have seen before? If you're on social media, you see it. We have, we, we spent a considerable amount of money several, several years ago to make sure that this service, that, that people are watching, and, and if we have people in overflow, I love you guys, thank you for being here. They're watching what's happening through that. There's a, there's a whole other world of people out there that, that are part of our church family that cannot come who watch every Sunday. Hi, Mom. Every Sunday. <laughs> Those people are being ministered to, but, and I'm not being critical. Anybody got a phone? Can I borrow your phone, huh? What's your passcode? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's not just me sitting up here, setting up the... Say, okay, I'm going to preach to everybody now. All right, everybody, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 19. That's not what I did, and I don't know why I used that accent. I have no idea. <laughs> but if you look around, there's cameras here, there's cameras here, there's cameras up there. There's one that floats around here in Kayla's arms sometimes, and we have an online presence, a, a big online presence. We also have the miracle of Kayla taking a 45-minute message, getting the real message out of it, which is only about a minute long, minute and a half. <laughs> That's a miracle. That is an absolute miracle. I told her one day, I said, I just want to go in there some, sometime during the week and preach and then let you squeeze all of it out and get it down to what really the message is, and then we'll just play a three-minute message on Sunday and we'll all go home. <laughs> Do you know that because of that, we have infiltrated the enemy's territory? Is anybody tracking with me? If you're on social media at all, you know that the enemy thinks he owns it, and sometimes it looks like he does. But we have infiltrated his backyard. We're going in, and we're taking territory, and we're going to go take some of those who have been held captive by the devil, and we're going to see them set free through Jesus. We have... This morning, I was sharing this message. A lady came up to me after the service, met me outside, and she said, I just want you to know, she said, today was my first time of visiting here. And she said, I found you all on, I found the service on Facebook. I found the service on Facebook. And she was here today. And as she just shared her heart in tears of some brokenness, going on in her life right now and how she needed to be here. Guys, I'm telling you, I am so sick of watching the devil think he's winning. We've just got to occupy. Until he comes, we have to advance and hold, but we have to advance. 
but you don't advance on last year's budget. Is anybody tracking with me? If anybody knows anything about budgets, if we still had the same budget that we had when we first started, you wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. Because you can only hold so long without advancing before you die. Is anybody listening to me? You can only hold so long without advancing before you start to stagnate. And do you know how many churches don't advance? And they stagnate until it's just dead? There's no life, there's no anointing, there is no praise, there's no manifest presence of God, there's no healing, there's no deliverance, there's, there, there's no addictions broken until there's just nothing, my God, I don't want that to ever happen here. Never let it be said that we just sat down and did nothing except hold our own waiting for Jesus to come. I would rather risk it all and lose than to just wrap up what Jesus has done and put it in a, in a, in a napkin and hide it away and then offer it back to him when he comes. But here's what I know. And, and here's where I know I'll lose some of you because some of you say, oh, Mabel, he was doing so good. But now he, talking about that money stuff, we're not going back. I love you, dear heart. I love you, but I'll see you. Because you see, this is the stuff that keeps me awake at night. How do we advance? How do we take territory from the enemy? How do we keep pouring in these so that they end up going out there and taking territory away from the enemy by winning their friends to Jesus that don't know the Lord? How do we do that? How do we keep going into social media world, into a subculture and snatching people out? How do we do it? I know I'm acting like a man, mad man right now, but I'll just be honest with you, I can't help it. When we added on so that we could infiltrate and advance, we added on money, expenditures, but we can't sit on last year's budget and keep moving forward. Does this make sense to anybody? We can't look at our budget and say, oh, we're doing the same as we did last year. That's not advancing. That's holding. And God forbid we ever just hold. You may say, bud, don't you know that there's inflation? Well, I do. But I still know that we are more better off than anybody else in the world. And I also know that when we, when we put it in the Lord's hands, he takes responsibility. He provides everything we need. We've got that promise. He takes responsibility. 
and then we advance. Is anybody with me? Let's advance, guys. There's a world out there. I'm closing. Give me 30 seconds. There's a world out there that is dark. Darker than I ever thought I would see in my lifetime. I never thought, take me back 20 years ago. Take me 30 years ago. When I got saved 40-something, 40, 40 years ago, I never thought I would see darkness as we see it out there today. I never thought I would see craziness and insanity as we're seeing it out there today, a loss of our minds. The prodigal son at least came to his senses and went back home, and we've got to pray that people come to their senses and come back to Jesus. But it's not enough for us to sit around and moan and complain, and I wish it were better. Do you know how we change the world? Do you know how we change the world? One life at a time. Scholar, come here a minute. One life at a time. So here's Scholar. This girl can preach too. So Scholar comes. Somebody reached her. Do you know she has gone absolutely crazy with Jesus? Just absolutely crazy. She's crazy. She's a crazy Jesus girl right now. Crazy Jesus girl. But do you know what she's doing? She's going, would you come up here? She's going to reach one more. We're reaching them. And then, you know what? You're going to reach her, okay? So you're going to talk to her about Jesus. And look here. Look, you got her here. Now, come here. Come here. Now, look here. You're going to go, okay, you're going to win somebody. Somebody needs to win that guy right down there to the Lord. So one of y'all talk. Okay, see, look here. Look here. And so now he's one. Come here, come here, come here. So now look here. So Skylar reaches out to, to, she can do it left. She can reach people left-handed and right-handed. Come over here. So now she's reaching one more. There, that, that's how we reach them, one at a time. Get, get, one at a time. Come on up here, one at a time. We're reaching them one at a time. You get up here too. Come on. Get up there. Come on. Come on. Da, 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 da. One at a time. Reaching them one at a time. One at a time giving them Jesus. One at a time giving them hope. One at a time telling them that Jesus is all you need and will change your life one at a time. Get up here. You're one of them. Get up here. One at a time. We're reaching them one at a time. And we're going to change the world through the power of Jesus one person at a time. Y'all can be seated. This morning, this morning while I was preaching, I was standing right here and a little girl got up and walked up here with her dad. And he said, she wants to get saved right now. Right smack dab in front of everybody. She comes up here and says, I want to trust Jesus as my savior. Snatch him out of hell one at a time. Oh, Lord Jesus, help me. <laughs> I'm 60-something one, I think. When I leave this world, I want to leave knowing that there's a place like Harvest for you guys. I want to leave knowing that my kids, that my grandchildren, that your kids and grandchildren 
will know what it is to get up on a Sunday morning and go to a service and get out of their cars and feel the presence of God before they ever get in the building. If you end up in overflow, that you're not sad about it because you realize you're better off in overflow in a church where the power of God is at work and the life of God is there than to be on the front row of a dead church. That's what I, that's my heart, that's my desire. I want to make sure, you want to make sure, don't we? We all want to make sure that they have that. That when Skylar's 60, and it's going to happen, honey. (laughs) When she's 60 years old, and she's standing, she can remember not remembering in such a way as to say, oh, those were the good old days. But she remembers those who continue to pass the torch of the anointing of Jesus on their lives and passing on and on. And so when she's 60, the power of God's still going to keep moving and people are still going to be getting saved and people are still going to be getting delivered and people are still going to be getting healed. (laughs) Oh, let's sing. I can't. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.